Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do it. Let's play it forward. These are real people, real stories. The struggle to play it forward. Episode number 592 is with the legendary Desmond Child, author of Living on a Prayer. I'm doing fantastic. Dude. (laughs) Better than ever. Your book, this is what I needed while it was happening, and I was that jock that was on afternoon drive or morning shows, and because I needed this information to share with listeners. Uh, This is a gift to, to everybody. Oh, thank you for saying so. To live it, though, and then to put it in paragraphs. I, I can't imagine what that journey was like. I mean, I realize you're a songwriter, but that's different than paragraphs. Well, I, I had a wonderful collaborator, uh, David Ritz, and we started the book seven years ago. I call it my seven-year jailhouse confession <laughs> uh, because it was a real reckoning. You know, the things I did right, but the many more things I did wrong and taking responsibility. But woven through there is the creative process and how the things that happened in my life kind of were reflected in the songs that I, I've, you know, collaborated on. It's interesting that you say the the creative process because I have put my whole entire soul, that's my mantra when it comes to sharing creativity with other people, that it is a process. It's about receiving. Now what are you going to do with it and how do you send it out so that others can receive it as well? Well, you know, the most wonderful moment is when you are writing a song mm-hmm. and your souls are all one and and all of that and then you finish the song and then the nightmare begins <laughs> who's going to demo the song how are they going to demo it how much is the demo going to cost <laughs> who's going to listen to it first the record company doesn't like it but the you know the 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 wife of the artist wants it yeah. <laughs> I mean it's like it's 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 a labyrinth of of problems and it's a miracle any song gets anywhere actually there's so many obstacles see this is every bit the reason why I call creativity an addiction because no matter how we abuse our creative inner soul we keep coming back to it it's like do it again oh man let's let's feel it again well it is it is addictive because I think there must be some kind of endorphin, something, hoo-ha, that happens when you everything comes together in a song and your head explodes with like, wow, I'm going to be rich again. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you a question about how a song is received inside your creative process. I was, I was with Steve Galansalves uh, last week. He's a ghost expert. He says that creative people are tapped into frequencies. Do you believe that you're connected to a frequency? Um, not quite sure what frequency that would be. Right. Um, I, I, I just made a decision. Well, I was born to it. My mother, the Cuban bolero writer, Elena Casals, known as La Musa, um, she was always writing a song. I didn't know people didn't write songs right. to express their emotions. And so I had that edge and I guess maybe through the DNA also, my great grandfather was a poet. And so it, it's it's in my lineage so that makes it easy uh easier um because there's no stop and i never put my personal problems uh into a situation where it would stop me from being creative some people they can't write if they're not happy right you know i can i can write unhappy happy in between whatever you want i can always sit down everything goes away that's the beauty of it you can be in the creative circle you know, you put your phones away and now it's you and your collaborators 
and it's fun. It's playing in the sandbox. <laughs> that's that's what I live for. I'll tell you what really makes this book so special. I, I Since I was a kid, Paul Stanley has been such a major part of my life. In fact, I've got one of his paintings in my living room. And, and the fact that you feature him in the forward, my God, you won me over on page one, dude. Well, you know, as I say, you know, Paul Stanley uh, taught me how to write stadium anthems the kiss way yeah and there's a there's a a piece of paul stanley in every song i've ever written so i always say there would be no desmond child without paul stanley that's for sure wow he took me under his wing and uh the first um time he saw me you know he said hey let's try writing a song together we wrote a song called the fight which was on my record with my group desmond child and rouge and then we said and then he said okay let's try writing a song for my group kiss and <laughs> i was made for loving you popped out i think i got the better end of that deal than he did dude you saying that right away that took me all the way back to kmart on 24th street in billings montana buying that album because i had waited so long to get my hands on that album and that dang song <laughs> You know, I, I I never, you know, we wrote it and then I never heard it till I was in a cab somewhere. Uh, I was like, wait a second, that's my song. <laughs> they had put it out. It was a hit all over the world. I was sort of out of it. <laughs> and that's so exciting. When I go to Greece, they love, you know, the kind of music that, you know, I, I write, you know, and so you'll, you'll hear one of my songs, you know, during the cab ride or more multiple one after the other and so that's why they love me in greece you know and i did a big concert of all my my songs and i had guest stars alice cooper bonnie tyler um the rasmus rita wilson kip winger and we played for i filled um uh amphitheater 4400 people and i i got to be a star for one night and it was one of the most glorious things so i'm you know like I'm like so happy with my um, love for Greece and, you know, my husband and I and our kids have been going there ever since they were little kids. So um, it's 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 amazing, you know, like in Europe. I mean, they didn't go through that whole thing where, you know, oh, uh, this stuff isn't cool. It's like they never stop listening to, you know, Bon Jovi and Kiss and Aerosmith and Joan Jett. They it's like it's like water for them. Let me ask you a personal question in the way I realize the Songwriters Hall of Fame is very, very iconic. But what about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Don't you think it's time to put you in there in a way to where I can stand in front of that area at the hall and sit there and go, oh, my God, if it wasn't for the power of this man's nib, the pen, I would not be where I am today because he shared it. He relinquished it to all of these bands. That's a good idea. Why don't you suggest it? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got to nominate me. May as well be you. (laughs) So when you pick a title like Living on a Prayer, do you find that prayer puts you in this position? Because, dude, everything that I do is, is because of that. So when I saw this title and I dove into it, I'm going, oh, he's on a journey. He's been called to do this. Well, I, I, well, John Bon Jovi actually did call me, and uh, <laughs> and uh, living on a prayer. I mean, it's it's more than a song. It's actually every time it's played, it's a cultural event. I mean, there is not one 
uh, play of that song that doesn't be that isn't accompanied by a fist in the air by the last chorus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so true. I was in the, the studio at, at 107.9 when Livin' La Vida Loca was given to us uh, by a record rep. Those, that, that connection between record reps and radio stations, to me, is a lost art. But, man, this song continues to live today. Well, you know, I had gone back to live in Miami, um, you know, Curtis and I decided we we got away from that Northridge earthquake. That was really Ooh, scary. So man. we went and we moved to Miami Beach and I got to meet Ricky Martin. And I just said, well, you know what? I, I'm because I have I'm half Cuban. So I have these Latin roots. I want to I love mixing styles together. So I want to put the arena rock, you know, protocol in with Latin music. And that's where you get upside inside out, living la vida loca, right? It's it's like it's fist in the air material. So um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, that song basically was the ignition for the Latin music explosion that has lasted to this day. I mean, look at the success of something like Despacito that no, my of friend course. Erica Ender co-wrote with Luis Fonsi. I mean, to me, I see that as a 20-year journey of yep. Latin music, yep. you know, uh, just all the all the artists that we have that are have crossed over has been wonderful, and that's why I helped to found the Latin Songwriters Hall of Fame, and we're in our 11th year, wow. and, um, you know, it, it was something that was very needed. Wow. I can't thank you enough for giving yourself permission to be so giving to the generations. And I mean generations. Like you said, it, it could be 20 years. It could be 50 years. Your, your presence is going to be felt for many decades. Oh, I hope so. Well, and this book, this this book puts a solid <laughs> Who foundation. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> Who wants to live forever? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Please come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, Desmond. Thank you, Arrow. You be brilliant today, okay? Okay.